This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Have you ever been so convicted that you wanted something, but it turned out to be everything you wanted and nothing you needed? Such was the case with the first king of Israel. Clamored for by thousands, these people insisted that they needed a king like everyone else. The problem was, that's exactly what they got. Careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Well, today on the podcast, we'll learn the value of not judging the book by its cover, and how our judgments about the viability of a leader can be seriously flawed, and what we can do to identify the shepherd boys that God wants to make kings. Look with me, if you would please, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, the first eight verses today. There was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bacorath, son of Aphia, son of a Benjamite. He had a son named Saul, an impressive young man. There was no more impressive young man among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than anyone else. One day, the donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, wandered off. So Kish said to his son, Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul and his servants went through the hill country of Ephraim, then the region of Shalashah, but they didn't find him. They went through the region of Shalim and nothing. They went through the Benjamite region, but still didn't find them. When they came back to the land of Zuth, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come on, let's go back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the servant said, there's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to the servant. What do we take the man? The food from our packs is gone, and there's no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul, Here's a little silver. I'll give it to the man of God, and he'll tell us which way we should go. Everything about this narrative is wrong. The people of God had gone against God's wishes in demanding a king. They had insisted, even after Samuel warned them, that a king would take their sons for battle, their daughters for workers in the palace, their lands for his vineyards, their money for his taxes. Yet still, they insisted they had to have a king, just like everyone else, as if the God that they served was not good enough to fight for them. In essence, they had deposed God as their king, only to raise up lesser kings who could lead them just like everybody else was. So God chooses a man to lead them and gives them what they want and desires and fulfills all the things that they wanted. Now, at first glance, humanly, Saul fits the bill from a distinguished family, head and shoulder above everybody else. Consequently, Saul is the only Israelite ever revered for their size. In fact, The only peoples who ever revered people for their size were pagan nations. I wonder where they got 
the idea that Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else, and that would make him a great leader. Conversely, the entire message of the book of Judges, as we've learned, showed us that God would use the unlikely so that he can get the glory. I mean, think about it. All the men and all the judges were all very unlikely heroes. You had a left-handed judge. You had a woman as a judge leading men into battle. You had a man scared to death as a judge in Gideon. You had a man who had all kinds of problems in Samson. God's message to the children of Israel was that he was the one that would deliver them and that they shouldn't put their stock in the stature of a man but put their faith in God. But Saul was the antithesis of this. He was the head and shoulders above kind of guy that everybody adored, yet he was also the one that God would eventually reject. Upon further investigation, he may have been all they wanted, but he was nothing that they needed. I mean, up until this point, the first great leaders of Israel, they'd all been shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, they're all shepherds. Even David is a shepherd. But Saul was an incompetent shepherd. He couldn't even find donkeys, much less sheep. But maybe this was the whole point. Saul wasn't the type of leader that God wanted for his people. But he was the type of leader that the people wanted for themselves. Head and shoulders above the rest, but incompetent. Impressive in the eyes of the people, but ignorant in the ways of God. Though everyone, even Saul's slave, knew about the prophet of God, Samuel, Saul doesn't even know who Samuel is. He also has a wrong view of the God that Samuel serves. He insists that he couldn't see Samuel because he had no money to give him. Now this ignorance demonstrated his view of God. God was seen by Saul as someone to be controlled through money and things and possessions. He wanted to control God with his money. This stubbornness is the problem with Saul. He wants to do things his way and control and use God for his purposes, and then he wants God to condone his actions. We see this over and over and over again. Rather than obeying God, Saul does his own thing and wants God to condone it. This, in many ways, is a microcosm of the people of God. They have chosen for themselves a leader who acts very much like they do. They are going to do their own thing, and they expect God to condone it. Even when Saul is coronated as king, he's nowhere to be found. When the king is needed, he's absent. This is all in the next chapter, but man... He sure looks good while he's hiding. The whole thing is wrong, and maybe that's the way God designed it. They got just what they prayed for. Now, in my own life, there are several applications here. The first is that we need to be careful for what we pray for. We can be so convinced that this is what we want for our life, that this is what God needs to do for us. But even when the consequences of our decisions are laid out for us, Sometimes we're still too stubborn. We just want our own way. God, I pray that you give us the perspective to see your ways and not our own. Also, as a leader, we need to make sure that we are close to the things of God. 
Like Saul, it's easy to lead without the Spirit of God, Samuel, even in our own life. We need to make sure that our actions are only obedience to God and not demands of him. We can't use God at our disposal like Saul wanted to. No, a godly leader stays close to the Lord and follows his orders, not the other way around. We also need to remember that what a leader looks like has nothing to do with whether or not they are a good leader. Consequently, the next king, the one that God does choose for his people, is nothing like Saul. Instead of being head and shoulders above everybody else, he's not even invited to the party. He's out in the field, and he had to be beckoned to come as an afterthought. But God always uses the least to lead. In raising leaders in our gathering, we need to remember to look for men whose heart belongs to God and not look to their head and shoulders as if that is some modicum of success. We need to not make sure that their head and shoulders are above everybody else, but that their heart is hidden deep in God. This discipleship is the mark of a true leader. So Jesus, hold us close to you to follow your commands and not make demands on you. Help us not to try to use you for our gain as Saul did. Help us to look for people who are walking close to the Lord and seeking to be obedient to do what God shows them to do. Leadership is about a heart that belongs to God, not a head adored by the people. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.